you can arrest everybody, you know what I mean? And do a great job, keep everybody's dignity attack, intact, and people will still see that and be like, hey, that's, a, that's great, that's good, because you, know, you still, you police, you did your job, but you did it with dignity, you did it with, with professionalism, and you care for other people. listening to the Black and Blue Podcast, a discussion and celebration of the roles of African Americans and other minorities in U.S. law enforcement. Your host on the Black and Blue Podcast is Dale Peters, a law enforcement professional with over 20 years experience in the business. Hop on board this Black and Blue train of interviews, current events, and pop culture conversations. So get ready. The Black and Blue Podcast is coming at you right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me on the Black and Blue Podcast. This is episode three, I think it is, at least uh, somewhere around there if we got the uh, the numbering right. But welcome to the Black and Blue Podcast. I'm your host, Dale. Thank you for joining me here today in season two. Uh, I really enjoy you coming in and, and, and uh, helping me out on this journey. It's called Black and Blue, where you get to see officers from different parts of the country uh, minority officers from different parts of the country and how we deal with things and and just to show you that we're people too um my next guest today he is an officer with the austin texas police department all the way over there in texas i'm in california uh everybody please help me welcome in my man jeremy bohannon what's going on my man hey what's happening man thanks for thanks for having me on i appreciate you thank you thank you so what's going on out there in Texas and Austin, Texas right now? Man, you know, we're, we're experiencing some extreme weather right now. So, you know, everything's kind of iced up and snow all over the place. But uh, but everything's good. You know, uh, we're just chugging along, you know, trying to get through this 2021 and, uh, you know, uh, spread joy, spread love and make the world a better place. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, because today is Valentine's Day. So Valentine, happy Valentine's Day to you and your significant other and everybody out there as well. Happy Valentine's yeah, Day. Buddy. Yeah, we're going to knock this out and then get back to our significant others as we mm-hmm. should. Uh, so thank you for joining me. So uh, I mentioned you are an officer with the uh, Austin Police Department in Austin, Texas. How long you been there? Yeah, so I've been with uh, Austin Police Department for going on eight years, a little over eight years. Um, before that, I worked for the University of Texas Police Department. So I did four years there uh, before switching over to APD. Okay, so is that in Austin as well, or how far is that from yep. each other? Yeah, UT okay. is in Austin. It's it's actually right in the in the center of Austin. So our, oh, okay. our jurisdiction at UTPD was like right in the middle of of APD. So uh, we worked alongside them with a lot of things, gave them crashes and stuff like that. So <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and, and what do you do over there right now at Austin? Uh, so yeah, right now I'm in a recruiting department. Uh, you know, just just trying to find ways to, you know, to get people into the department, you know, um, get different experiences, different backgrounds. And um, so I'm a part of that process. So it's a, it's a real eye-opening experience for me uh, being a part of recruiting and kind of seeing um, the caliber of people who are putting in and, and, you know, even being surprised, you know, of people that are, you know, wanting to be a part of this and be a part of the chain. Nice, nice. So it's not hard to, uh, to recruit out there in, in Austin or what's, what's the challenges with that? Yeah, you know, uh, there, you know, there's always going to be challenges, especially with the, you know, the climate, the culture, you know, um, you know, a lot of times people see, you know, the, uh, the support that you may or may not be getting from leadership from city and stuff like that. And so that's what makes it tough. You know, 
if you have people who are ahead of, um, you know, making decisions for the city um, that aren't too fond of, you know, the people who are wearing the badge, um, it's hard to recruit people into that when they see that. And so, uh, you know, that's something that we're working on. And, you know, um, you know, you know, they want a better product, you know. And so how do you get that better product if you, uh, you know, you don't support, you know, the people who are going in there? So right. um, that's that's the one challenge. You know, that's the thing a lot of people talk to me about. It's like, you know, how do you feel about that? And, and really, you know, with everything, you know, it's it's you, you know, you make your you know, you're in charge of your attitude. You're in charge of, you know, your life and what's going on. Doesn't matter who's at the top doesn't matter who the president is or whatnot. You know, you yeah. are still in charge of what happens to you in your life. We have to take personal responsibility for that. And if you come in here, you do your job, you do it to the best of your ability, um, then you shouldn't have too much to worry about. All right, cool. Well, since we're on the, on the topic right now about recruitment, uh, why, why don't you give a shameless plug to how people can get in touch with, uh, with you or your department to, if they want to apply? Yeah, man. Uh, if you want to apply, um, you go to join APD on Instagram, uh, Facebook, you know, Austin Police Department recruiting page. Uh, right now, recruiting is frozen. So we're not taking any new applications. We're still waiting on the city to see if we're going to have an academy and stuff like that. So. Um, so, yeah, if you want to if you want to apply, you can always hit me up or if you want to ask questions, I'm always available through social media or through email um, at Officer Bohannon on pretty much all the platforms. So. Um, so yeah, hit me up, you know, I, I'm open to any questions and, uh, you know, I won't shy away from, from, from hard questions and stuff. So, um, if you got a question about APD, hit me up or even just policing in general, you know, hit me up, uh, cause this is the time uh, to get in, um, to be a part of that change. Cause there will be some change. Um, but you know, I don't think it's as, as bad as a lot of people think it is. So. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And how, how large is, uh, Austin PD? Yeah, so we're at about uh, usually about two thousand sworn. Or we're scheduled for like nineteen hundred or two thousand. I think we're down to fifteen or sixteen, just with you know retirement and resignings and stuff like that. So, um, so we're a little bit lower, but you know we're in the fifteen hundred to, to eighteen hundred range at our department. Wow, that's that's a big department. I didn't know you guys were that big. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty big. Uh, I mean, we're not we're not huge, uh, but we have a big no. city, you know. And so, yeah. uh, how big have, is the city? You know, uh, I think. They're pushing, I think, city limits is in the seven to eight hundred thousand range or something like almost to a million. Uh, but the the area, you know, with the um, the outskirts cities and stuff like that, we're over a million, probably a million and a half or something like that. So, yeah, it's growing a lot. I, I keep hearing a lot about Austin, people, people moving there because the big tech boom is, uh, you know, is moving away from Silicon Valley out here in Cali and everyone's moving out there to Texas, to Austin. Uh, the, you get a lot of the millennials and, and all that moving out there as well. So. Yeah, it sounds like Austin's the place to be. Yeah, it is. You know, you, you talk to some real Texaners, they're like, hey, don't come. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, <laughs> I, mo- I moved down here in 2008, so I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I came before the, the big boom when the rush when people were coming. So, uh, you know, I see where people see that, you know, people come and try to change, you know, the, the, the culture, the atmosphere and stuff like that. Um, but, I mean, it's a great city. I mean, it's, it's I, I don't I don't see myself living anywhere else, although I could, but um, Austin just has everything to offer from, you know, for kids, for families, for adults, for, you know, old people. My mom wants to move down here. You know, there's just a lot to do. You know, people like to come visit and there's there's a lot to do. So it's a fun place to be. Whereabouts in Texas is Austin? Um, so Austin's pretty much central Texas. So we're um, if you think about, um, you know, and I, I didn't realize this till I got here. Um, so we're kind of right in the middle of Texas. So north of Texas is Dallas. So we're, Dallas is about a two and a half hour drive, two hours, depending on who's driving. Um, north of Austin and then south is about an hour uh, San Antonio is about an hour south of Austin 
And then Houston is about two and a half hours to the uh, east of Austin. So we're kind of like in the center, you know. And then El Paso is like 10 hours, <laughs> you know. So Texas is huge. Um, but, yeah, we're right in the middle of, of, of Texas. So it's great because you wherever you want to get to, you're pretty much, you know, you can get there. You know, yeah. um, the big cities are only an hour or two away. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. And you mentioned that you moved there from somewhere else back in 2000 something. Uh, where'd you come from? Yeah. 2008, you know, uh, me and my wife have been together for a couple of years and we decided to move. And so we ended up, um, you know, looking at different places. Uh, she wanted to go to grad school and ended up, we ended up moving to Austin and she ended up getting into university of Texas for grad schools to get her master's. So, uh, so we just moved down here and just to try it out, just kind of on a whim. I had never been here. She had visited once. Um, and as soon as I got here, I fell in love and, uh, you know, planted them roots, man. So, you know, now I'm yeah. stuck, you know, but where'd you come from? Uh, come from Washington State. Sorry, that's why I forgot oh, okay. to mention that. So we started in Washington State. So born and raised in Washington. I actually met my wife in California, um, in San Bernardino. My grandparents lived there. So I met her in California, but we grew up about 40 minutes away from each other and never knew each other. So we what? knew each other. I, like I knew her family. Uh, her family knew me, um, but I never knew her. We grew up literally 40 minutes away from each other. So uh, we probably crossed paths a bunch of times because our area is really small. Um, and then we went to college about eight miles away from each other and didn't meet each other there either. I knew her sister. Um, and so that's kind of how we met in California when she was there and I was there. And so we kind of linked up there. So, uh, we wow. moved back to Washington state and then, you know, came down here. So, man, that sounds like some sort of love story, lifetime love story right yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we might have to make a little <laughs> movie or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man, blessing, lovers you know like that. yeah, definitely. Definitely. So <laughs> that's it's definitely, that's it's definitely meant to be definitely meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and where'd you go to school? Uh, so I went to Washington State University. So I, I went there on a on a football scholarship, um, uh, okay. you know, so I, I had a few choices, but I decided to stay home because, you know, super close knit family. Uh, I wanted them to be able to go to every game without any issues. Um, and then I love the fa- family atmosphere of the school I went to, too. So uh, we had a great ride when I was there. Um, shoot, had like three 10 win seasons with the ball game. So it was a great experience because nice. we traveled a lot. Uh, we played against some of the some of the best football players, you know, um, ever that played like college SC, football. So, like SC, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We played against SC a few times. I got a win against them. Um, but oh, then, you know, Reggie okay. Reggie Bush and Matt Liner decided to, you know, Dwayne Jarrett and them guys decided to, <laughs> uh, to get oh, so good. So you played during that era. Pete Carroll. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah, 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 yeah. So right. they had some, they well, had some squads play? back then, man. I played safety. Okay. All yeah, right. I played safety. So Did yeah, you get a pick so. against uh, – Matt Liner. Uh, did I get a pick? No, I got a sack though. Oh, got a sack. Okay. Didn't get a pick. Yeah, actually, I actually, nice. um, I actually won uh, defensive player of the week against um, USC that year. I think that was my senior year. Um, I think I had like 13, 14 tackles, which isn't great because as a safety, you don't want to have that many tackles. <laughs> that means they're getting behind your linebackers. But yeah, I had a bunch of tackles right. that game. Um, so I had a pretty decent game, you know, against some good competition. So. Nice, nice. So the number one question now is, since you grew up in Washington State, but now you're in Texas, are you a Seahawk or are you a Cowboy? <laughs> so I grew up a Cowboy. That's a great question, man. You know, I get that all the time. I mean, how are you a Cowboy fan? So my brother, my little brother, he lives here. He lives here, too, in Texas with me. And uh, he's a huge diehard Seahawk fan. But if you think about, look at like the 80s and, you know, the Seahawks were bad, like, and they look bad, yeah. you know, their, yep. their, their, their uniforms were just ugly. And, you know, and my cousin, yep. we were, you know, we played grid, we called a grid kids. Our pop Warner was called grid kids and our 
or my cousin played for the, the, the Seahawks. And I was just like, man, you guys have the worst uniform. <laughs> so, yeah, I was just never a Seahawks fan. Nobody wore the uniform. I mean, it wasn't like a huge Seahawks era, you know. And, and, you know, on TV, you turn the TV on, and who was on every day as a cowboy. So I, I just fell in love with the Cowboys, man. Get home from church, turn the TV on, and the Cowboys are on. You know, you're watching Emmett and, and Troy and, and Irvin and, and Nate Newton and all those guys. And I just fell in love with the Cowboys, man. And also they were winning. And so, you know. Kind of sucks now. We haven't been winning like we were, but nope. um, but yeah, diehard, diehard Cowboy fan, man. I just you know, All right. I was actually my first, my first NFL game. My, my wife took me to a Cowboy game, so uh, so yeah, wow, I've been yeah. to more Cowboy games. And yeah, I hear and, that stadium is yeah, just crazy. I hear that it stadium is, is it, really it, nice. It's super nice, man. It's yeah. it's a great stadium, state of the art when it was built. Uh, still is, I, uh, you I know. Hear. I think that Atlanta one is Atlanta, LA, Vegas. I you hear know, the LA one just surpassed it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's some ones popping up now. So, but yeah, that, that that Dallas one, I actually got a chance to play in, in Cowboy Stadium uh, a couple years ago. We had the National Public Safety Football League, so um, got to play in that stadium. Got to go into the locker room. Um, actually, you know, the next day, Cowboys played the the uh, who they play the Giants, I think. Yeah, it was the Giants the next day, and um, they actually got us a suite because we played in the game, and so we sat in the suite. Um, so it was a great experience, man. It was probably the best yeah. best. Yeah, that, that, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. So uh, as a police officer, what, what all have you done there uh, in your eight years? Yeah, so my eight years APD. So I started out in patrol. Um, so I did patrol for four years before I was on night shift, evening shift. So I, I went to APD um, after academy, went through training, um, evening shift, night shift, landed on an evening shift for a little while. Um, and then I got asked to, to go to a, um, a day shift spot. So pretty soon, pretty early, man, like about a year and a half into APD. Um, and that was a great experience because, you know, I had a sergeant who was amazing, um, taught me so much, you know, he was a, you know, former like narcotics officer, you know, he's really big and all that stuff. So he taught me a lot about, um, you know, finding stuff and, and, you know, um, but he also told me like, Hey man, you know, this is your career. So whatever you want to do, you let me know and I'll help you get to wherever you want to be, you know? So, you know, if you want to do, if you just want to take calls, take calls, if you want to, you know, if you like just doing traffic stops, if you like doing dope, you know, if you like, you know, uh, investigating stuff, you know, let me know and I'll help you get to that position. You know what I'm saying? So um, so I did a few years um, on patrol, about three and a half years on patrol. And then um, I was looking into going to some specialized units, um, you know, like Metro TAC, which is just like a kind of a tactical unit. Um, so riding around, um, you know, meeting mentors and talking to them. And, you know, a lot of people are like, dude, man, like, like, you know, you're, you could do whatever you want. So just keep, you know, just keep on trucking, keep looking for what you want to do. We want you on our shift. Um, and so I was getting ready to put in for this tactical unit when, um, police activities league posting popped up. I had no idea what it was, no idea. Um, and you know, I asked around and nobody else knew what it was. Nobody knew what was going on. So reading the posting, it was, you know, it's basically like youth programs and, um, you know, building building relationships with the community and stuff like that. And I was really big on that because, um, you know, I, that's what I used to do. I used to, you know, patrol around. I'd see some kids. I'd stop. I'd play soccer with them, play football with them, uh, you know, you know, buy out. I see the ice cream truck. I go buy some yeah. ice cream and hook up the kids. You know, that's just what I like to do because I knew how important it was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to be able to build that connection with, with the community. And so when I saw that position, um, you know, it was actually one of my old FTOs was in the office and he was kind of looking at it. He was like, dude, you would be perfect for this. So I started looking at it and started asking questions and actually went out there and I applied 
Um, and I didn't get it right away, you know? And so then I started looking back at going to tactical units and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, uh, one of the assistant chiefs called me and was like, Hey man, are you still interested in this position? Cause we may have an opening coming up soon. And so he's like, put back in. And so I did, and, and I ended up getting the spot and it was probably one of the best things I ever did. Uh, cause it really opened me up to the entire department. Um, because, you know, I was told by a great chief who, who, um, who's in Houston now, um, you know, he basically asked me, he told me when I first started, he said, man, I want you to go out there and create community policing opportunities for our officers, man. Um, it's super important. And I know you, I know this is something that you would be great at, you know what I mean? And so I just kind of took it from there and just started just trying to just coming up with ideas, coming up with, you know, things to be able to build that connection. Um, and so, you know, I, I did that for the last five or six years before I moved over to recruiting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see you when you're on Instagram that you, you do a lot of community stuff with, with, with kids out there and, and you're really good at that. So I appreciate you out there with the, with the community and the kids and, that's that's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah, man, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's it's a lot of trial and error. You know what I'm saying? It's yep. it's uh, yep. you know, it's something that you know when you, you become a police officer, you don't think, hey, I'm going to be like coordinating stuff. Or I'm going to be trying to build these relationships and build trust and find ways to connect people. You know, it's like you're you think you're going in and hey, I'm 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 making the world a better place by arresting people for doing bad things. You know what I mean? And it's like, right, right. Um, that, you know, that's a, that's a huge part of it. Yes, it is a huge part. Um, but when you're viewed a certain way, um, you know, is that the only part that we should be doing, you know? And so yeah. we've already been, been handed all these societal issues. Why don't we try to help change those societal issues or make those societal issues better? Um, you know, cause I get that a lot. Hey man, we're cops, man. We shouldn't be doing this. I'm like, yeah, um, but the perception isn't very good. And so I'm trying to help you when you go out and you do your job that you're not getting scrutinized as much through the connections that I'm building with the community and education that I'm doing with them to understand why SWAT needs 40 or 50 people on scene to make it safe so that, uh, you know, nobody gets hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so yeah. without that education, without that connection or that that trust built that somebody can actually come in and actually speak to them on that level where they actually trust that that's what's happening and believe in it. Um, you know, all that other stuff that we do just gets null and void, you know? So let me, let me ask you as, as a devil's advocate, do you mm -hmm. think you building those, those relationships in, in the community helps you? I mean, the, the community will see, okay, yeah, officer Bohannon, he, he's a cool dude. I could talk to him. But these other 48 officers that, you know, that are on scene, I don't know about mm -hmm. them. Why do they need to be here? You know, th does that really does you do you being out there and talking to these people really help that situation out? Does that really help? Yeah, you know, no, that's a great that's a great that's a great question and, and, a, and a great you know thing kind of to pose, because when you think about it, and I used to think that way, too, like, hey, man, I'm going out there. Um, and I'm, I'm building trust, uh, but I'm really building trust for the department. I'm building trust for the uniform. You know, I'm trying to humanize the badge for other people. And so, yes, and in turn, it helped me a lot more because I do hear people say, hey, man, if you're walking down the street with four other people, I probably won't cross the street because I know you. Uh, I know who you are. I've talked to you. I've spoke to you before. Like, I know what you're about. I don't know what these other guys are about. But if you're with them, then I'm good. If you're not with them, then I may not be good. I've heard people yeah. say that. But then I've also heard people say, hey, man, you telling me this or you letting me know this information really changed my perspective when I watch this video or when I, you know, when when an officer stops me and I automatically think that that officer is racist or racially profiling me, 
I can say, oh, yeah, my bad. I had I did have my seatbelt off or, you know, what I'm saying like, <laughs> oh, OK, my tags <laughs> yeah. are out. You know what I'm saying? It's like. Yeah. And so um, so having that type of education where it's like, you know, and I had to be, you know, I had to really look into what I was doing. And like I said, it was trial and error, man, it's been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Um, and even I'm still learning every single day of the best way to do it because, you know, my trust, the trust that I build isn't going to help everybody else, um, having that individual trust. Um, but at least now I'm starting to build understanding for when a situation happens and somebody may look at it from a different lens than, um, automatically going to playing the race card or going to saying, Oh, all cops are bad or whatever. It's like, now they see, okay, there's, there's individuals out there that are great. I don't know who they are. And that's another thing. It's, you know, the community doesn't get to pick which officers come to the scene. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, I can't be right. like, hey, I want, you know, I want Officer Dale. I want Officer Jeremy. Yep. I want you and you. Okay, <laughs> you guys come. I have a situation. Come talk to us. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, we can go to a restaurant and say, hey, um, I don't want this. Or, or I, I have a bad experience at a restaurant. I'm like, hey, I'm not going to go to that restaurant again. You know what I mean? Like, I'll go yeah. to this other one. Like, hey, I'll write a Yelp review, whatever. Let my friends know, hey, we're not, we're not doing business there anymore. And that's the the power of, of, of the people pretty much, you know, the people have that power to say, Hey, we don't want this. All right, cool. Like you're not doing it the way that we think you should be doing it. So I'm not going to go to you. I'm going to go to somebody else, but as police, they don't get that opportunity. And so, right. um, so they have to know that, Hey, there are people within that restaurant or whatever that are trying to make things better for them. And also trying to educate everybody else on why people don't like what the product that they're getting. And that's the thing. It's like not saying that the product is bad or the people are bad, but the product that they get sometimes and the experiences that they see or, you know, whatever's going on, um, they just don't like it. And so if people understand why it's not liked, then they can start being a little more intentional with the, the relationship building, the trust building, the education that we give to the community. Because, you know, I can go all day and tell people, hey, change, you know, make sure you lock your doors and, and do all that. That's great education to stay safe. Um, but why aren't we saying, hey, these are the 100 to 200 reasons why you could be stopped. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, if you take care of your tags, you take care of your driver's license, you take care of this stuff, you probably won't get stopped. Don't smoke weed in your car. You won't get stopped, you know, or you won't get searched, you know? Um, so it's like education type stuff like that is really what gets people thinking like, okay, man, there's, there's all these reasons that it could be and not just this one. And so if you get started, it's just trying to make the product a little bit better for people so that they'll, you know, they won't be afraid to call. They won't be afraid to to say, hey, yo, man, it, it was Ray. That was a dude that did it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, man, you know, try to clean up the communities that way. Um, I, 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 that's just the way I kind of think of things. You know, it's like on yeah, a broader yeah. term, like I know that everybody has different experiences. I know right. that not everybody believes in systemic racism or not everybody believes in this stuff. However, you are still we are still in the business of customer service. And, you know, whatever we do. Um, we have to do it with the customer in mind. You know what I mean? It's, it's the unhappy customer, you know, will tell you if your product is good or bad or whatnot, because yep. you don't want too many unhappy customers. You want all your customers to be happy. The happy ones aren't going to say nothing. They're not right, going right. to say, Hey, you need to change, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, like I'm the cat the that, you know, wheel. I get a, a squeaky wheel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm the, I'm the cat. I get a plate. I don't like it. I'm just going to eat it. I'm not going to send it back to the, to the, you know, to the manager and send it back to the chef, tell him to change it. I'm going to eat it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm that type of person, but there's a lot of people that are going to look at it and be like, ah, oh, this is disgusting. I'm out. And then go tell all their friends. And now everybody's like, yep, we're not going there. We're not going yep. there. And so those are the people that we have to kind of 
cater to, you know, and it sucks, but that's just the way it is. That's how everything is. That's how business is. That's how politics is. That's how everything is. And so in policing, we don't want to do that. We're like, no, everything's good. You know, everything's fine. Like, you know, let's not worry about it. But it's those unhappy customers that if you win those people over, if you start making changes for them and some of the things that they want to see in their own communities, you know, the type of officer that they want to come, you know, to to solve this homicide or to to, you know, to help, you know, that type of person. It is not the color of the skin. It's just that type of person, that person that's going right. to have a little bit more empathy, that's going to not talk down to them, you know, that that's going to believe their story or, or whatnot. Um, and, you know, that's what they want. So why aren't we trying to prepare and create something for that? That way now you're not saying, hey, we need to get rid of these guys. You know what I'm saying? It's it's yeah. hey, they're they're just making a better product. They're, you know, they have a different thought process. They're more empathetic. They want to build more relationships and build trust with us. Okay, cool. Yes. Now we can have, now we can do this. They're not the occupying so, force anymore. They're the community builders. Yeah. So, so on the, on the flip side of that, would you, uh, educating the community, do you kind of bring back what the community tells you back to your department and kind of help the officers kind of uh, interact with the community? Definitely. Yeah. Like, man, all the time, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, um, and then, you know, and honestly it took 2020 for me to really, like really understand that, you know what I mean? Um, because I had been spending so much time in the community, um, educating the, the kids, educating adults, you know, teachers, you know, principals, like, Hey, you know, like, uh, I know some people may not like police here, but Hey, this are, these are things that we can do. Like, Hey, can we come and do a, an event with you guys? Can we come and do uh, something that PE or, or do something with lunch or bring pizza or do something like this? Why? Because we want to build these relationships. And so and then while building those relationships, we're educating them on what we do, why we do it, uh, you know, the job and all that stuff. It just makes it easier to do that. Um, but at the same time, when they're giving me information, uh, you know, I go and I take that back to the department. Like, hey, these are the things that the, the you know, the community wants to see. They want to see mm-hmm. more. And, and, it, and over the years, it's been the same thing. You know, there's yep. like people when you talk to people like and I'll do this. I'll do this randomly when I'm patrolling because I'll, I'll work patrol every once in a while. And I'll you know, I'll see people on the corner and I know some of the corners I used to work on. And I'll just I'll just get out after call or something. I'll go talk to them. Two or three people will walk off because I know what they're doing, but I don't <laughs> care. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about what people are thinking about the department. You know what I'm saying? And I think about yeah. that. What do, people, what do you guys think about us? You know, and I'll stop and talk. And be like, yeah, man, you know, some of you guys are cool, man, but. Some of you guys, man, I just I just hate the way you guys mean mug. Like, you know, it's almost like you're just waiting for us to 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 do something wrong. You know, and great, yeah, some people I heard doing some, some things wrong, but some of it, this is all we got. You know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to sit in my home. I ain't even got air conditioning. You know, I'm sit out here at the bus stop. You know, and, and yep. chill and chop it up with people. You know, and so you know when you talk to them, they're like, you know, when you ask them what they want to see, it's like, man, I just want to see you know you guys be a little bit more engaging with us. You know what I'm saying? And and just come hang out. Just come say what's up. You know, that we part. might give you some information if, if you just come say hi, you know, and not we don't feel like you're just our watchdogs. You know what I mean? And so yep. and I tell people that, you know, um, and and some people understand it and some people just don't, you know, and, and that's something you have to realize, you know, like not everybody's going to see it your way. And so you're constantly trying to figure out different ways to package the information for people to understand it. So you have to come up with some type of analogy or you have to. It's exhausting, um, but it's it's necessary and it's needed because at some point the right person is going to hear that message, uh, and then it might really get the ball rolling and make change happen. You know? Yeah, definitely. So you've been with the with Austin for eight years, and you were with UT for 
a little bit uh, four years before that. What, what what brought you into law enforcement first place? Uh, so, you know, when I got done playing football, um, you know, didn't make it to the NFL. Um, I got a couple tryouts and, you know, messed up my Achilles and my hip flexor. I was all tore up, man. And oh, so, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, and maybe I just wasn't good enough either, you know. And so um, so I started, you know, working really. I was like, you know, trying to find a job, trying to figure out what I was going to do. Uh, started playing, you know, semi-pro football. Uh, or not semi-pro, but I played arena football, got paid to do that. And then I got, I paid, played professionally in Austria. Um, and that's really where things changed for me. That's when I like really learned my ignorance towards stuff. You know, I literally cut my braids off because I didn't think there was anybody in Austria that could braid my hair. And as soon as I got <laughs> off the airplane, <laughs> you know what I mean? As soon right, as I right. got off not, the airplane. Not in Austria. Yeah. Man, homeboy picked me up, man. He's Dominican, had long braids, clean. I'm like, oh, and I had braids for about five years, man. And I literally cut them off because I didn't think anybody was going to be able to braid them. And I didn't want to look crazy in Austria, you know? Yeah. And so, but anyway, so I did that. I played football there. Um, for, they play there American football in, in Austria? American football, American man. Rules? Professional. American wow. rules and everything, dude. They have a, their league is set up kind of like how soccer is. So each country has their own uh, each country has their own league, right? So it was Austrian Football League. Your, uh, Germany had one, you know, Czech Republic, um, Italy. Everybody had their own wow. soccer league where they play their games. And within those games, they did like Euro, like inter-country type things. So like almost like UEFA Cup, how how um, soccer does it over there. And so yeah. during our league, we were also playing in a tournament throughout the year. So we'd play like a league game. And then maybe that Thursday or Friday, we'd play a tournament game against another country. So we'd go to like Germany or we'd go to, uh, I w- you know, got to go to Czech Republic and, and Norway and stuff like that to play other games. And then at the end of the year, we had a championship, which we won that. And then we won our league championship. So, um, but that, I mean, that was one of the best experiences of my life. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, you see that, like that culture and the history and all that stuff, it just really changes your perspective on <laughs> the world, you know, when you are able to do something like that. Uh, but anyway, so I got back and I had met my wife around that time. So about two weeks before I, or about two months before I went to Austria, I met my wife. I met my you know, girlfriend at the time. But not, so we continued talking. Um, so when I got back, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm done chasing this dream of getting into the NFL through other, other means. Let me get a job. So I started working in corrections, Department of Corrections in Washington. I worked at the Washington State Penitentiary. Um, so this was a super max all the way to minimum. Uh, we had like the Green River Killer who had a documentary. Um, you know, we had, we had some crazy people up in there. So yeah. pretty much all of Washington's, you know, craziest people were in that, that Washington state penitentiary that I worked. And I was a, um, I was actually, I got assigned to sick leave, which was awesome. Why? Because when people called in sick, then I would go take their spot. And so I was literally everywhere. You know, I was super max. I was, you know, in, in the yard and chows everywhere, did mm-hmm. transports, all that stuff. Um, and you know, I'll never forget, man, I was doing transport and, you know, it was an Aryan Brotherhood guy, white dude, tatted from head to toe, man. And, you know, I was scared. You know, I had to take him to the doctor and it was me and another dude and I had to be in the room with him. And he told, you know, he kind of broke down the culture for me of, of prisons. He kind of told me what's going on. And But the biggest thing he told me was like, man, I know you see this, you know, you see I'm Aryan and all this stuff and I'm supposed to hate you because of your skin. He's like, but in reality, I don't hate you, man. This is just what I have to do to survive in here. You know what I mean? He's like, if you respect us, if you show us respect, nothing bad will ever happen to you in this prison. And that kind of that kind of carried with me to this day. You know, if you respect us, you will have nothing to worry about. It's them, mm-hmm. them cats that don't respect us, that talk down to us. And those are the ones that get, you know, they get hits called on them. And, and it happened when I was there. 
Um, but anyway, so one of my captains um, basically, you know, told me after a while, like, hey, man, you would be a great law enforcement officer. Um, and I was like, no, nah, I'll never do it because I knew too many people in Washington. Like everybody knew me. Uh, you know, I had people would hit me up when they knew I was in the prison. Like, hey, man, like, hey, I remember me from high school, man. Hey, uh, my, my cousin's in there, man. Take something in there for him. You know, like, come on, man. Like, nah, man. So yeah, I knew yeah. if I was a cop there. You know what I'm saying? I have people trying to ask me to do stuff and bribes, all this other crap. So I'm like, dude, I'll never be a cop where I live because I just know everybody, you know. Yeah. Um, but then we ended up moving down to Texas and I just started applying for police departments. And so that's how I, I kind of got in. I never thought about law enforcement until that captain said, hey, you would make a good cop. Um, and then, you know, when I moved down here, I was like, man, I need a job. So I started with applying and I got in with UT. Yeah, divine intervention right there. Divine yeah. intervention. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, uh, what's what's the family and, and the friends think about uh, you being a cop, though? Um, you know, initially, um, you know, you get your normal. Uh, oh man, you about to be a snitch now? You know, uh, yeah. you know, you get your normal stuff. You know, um, you know, my wife was always very supportive. My family is always very supportive. Uh, you know, um, although my brother and some of my cousins make fun at first, you know, they just make they're super supportive of me going in because they know what type of person I am. Um, and you know, they know it's kind of in my nature, you know, to help people, you know? And so, um, so I've always had nothing but, but support, you know, uh, you know, my grandparents drove all the way down here from California, um, to see me graduate. And, and, um, you know, that's kind of one of my, the best moments, you know, cause you know, I'm yeah. there and you know, there's 70, 80 cadets in our, you know, we had 77 cadets graduate and I got the honor cadet. Um, and you know, that was when my, my, my family, my grandparents really knew that I was all in for this. And, you know, I, um, uh, I just, you know, I just love it, you know, and so, and they see that too. And I think that's what's helped me along this journey is, um, you know, they see how, you know, through me, like they're able to see that, hey, when they look at stuff, they're like, man, these, these officers aren't as bad as what people are trying to make them out to be, mm-hmm. you know, and so they kind of help with that mission of building that, you know, building those bonds with their, within their communities, you know, because they know that there's officers within every single department that are out there and they're trying to do their best and they're, they're willing to lay their life down for people. Um, and they want to understand. And sometimes mm-hmm. they just don't have that medium. They don't have that, that connection, that bridge, that bridge that was built to be able to come together. Um, and so, you know, that's what I'm about, you know, trying to make sure that those bridges are built for people, but then making sure people cross those bridges. Um, and my family is a huge part of that um, because they kind of help me with that perspective of what some of the community members are feeling as well. And I trust them, you know what I mean? And so, and they tell me straight up, you know, how they feel. They tell me how other people feel um, and what they would like to see in their communities from their police departments, you know? And so that kind of helps me formulate how I feel about, okay, you know, you're right, you know, because we can get so right. sucked into this police culture and being around only cops and being around only police officers that we're so wrapped into it, thinking like, oh, everything's great and not allowing all these these other influences or these other perspectives in. Um, and I've been kind of the opposite. Like I, you know, I kind of, I've listened to the community uh, more just to kind of see like, Hey, I want to know how we're being perceived because I don't want y'all to think that's me. You know what I mean? And so yeah. that kind of shapes the way that I operate. Um, you know, it's like, cause you could still, you could do your job. You could, you can arrest everybody, you know what I mean? And do a great job, keep everybody's dignity attack, intact. And people will still see that and be like, Hey, that's a, that's great. That's good. Because you know, you still, you police, you did your job, but you did it with dignity. You did it with, with professionalism and you care for other people, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and people think that because we're trying to reform or because people are trying to say, Hey, we should change the product or change how we're doing things that we're saying, Hey, we need to stop making arrests and we need to stop being police officers and stop traffic stops and just be anti-cops. Like, no, continue to do yes. that. 
but just care about people, you know, like yes. care about how people think and feel. And it, you'll know when something's right or wrong. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not, Hey, let everybody go. It's, it's just be nice about it or be, right. you know, have a little bit more empathy and listen and give people voice. Um, and that's it. And people respect, yeah, be respectful. That's it. And that's all respect. people are asking for. They're not saying, Hey, don't go out and be a police officer. And I think that's the misperception that a lot of police officers are getting who are very like, Hey, we don't want to change nothing. It's like, no, you can still police, you know, like, yeah, there's going to be some hard, there's hard things. There's people that are in place that may not like the way that you're policing, but we still need to do that. It still needs to be that way. Um, and so I get that from the community, from my community here, people are like, no, we want police officers, you know? Yep. And when I tell people, Hey, you know, that these guys, they actually want you guys to come here and interact with them. They're not, they're not thinking, Hey, it's you against us. They want us to be together. The community wants us to get together. But if you're an officer and you never go around and be around those circles and hear that from them, then you're just going to think everybody's against you. You know, so that's the message I try to bring to other officers is like, yo, look, no, like this high school, you know, this that's, uh, you know, my, you know pre- predominantly minority. You know what I mean? It's on that that side of the, the city where all the stuff's happening. They're the ones that are saying, hey, we want officers you know, to come and, and do like a mini academy or come do an explorer program at our school or come talk to our kids or come hang out. You know what I mean? And when you tell yep. people that they're like, no way. No, they were just marching against us last month, last year. Like, yeah, but they're just saying they want a better product. And so why yes. aren't we just showing them a better product? That's it. That's all people yeah. are asking for, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. But, you know, we convoluted with, oh, well, they want this or this, this. Like, yeah, there's going to be individuals and outliers and people that are going to say, hey, we don't want cops here or, you know, we don't want you to do this. We don't. But the vast majority of people, they just want a better product. That's a it. Better product. And, and, and if you have that product, then just show it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know that what you can do, like, don't be afraid to open up and interact with people and talk and have real conversations. And I think that's another big problem is that as officers, we want to keep everything tight. We don't want to tell you why you've been stopped. We don't want to tell you what we do and why we do it, because we want to make sure you don't have any information, any knowledge um, so that we can do those types of things. You know, and so some people have that feeling, too. And it's like, do we have to get away from that and start educating people on how they can protect themselves and become successful? You know, it's like, yo, yeah, you can be successful and not you won't even have to worry about getting pulled over. Why? Because all your stuff's in order. You know, it's like, yeah, if I get pulled over, I'm not worried that I'm going to go to jail because I don't have anything to hide. I haven't done anything like, yeah, I may have ran this stop sign. I may have you know, done this. I'll take my ticket. Um, but I know that you're not going to search and, and find a bag of weed in my car or, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Or see that yep. I got warrants because <laughs> I didn't pay my tickets, you know, so. That's that that thing that I go into the community. I'm like, yo, it's nice to be able to, you know, drive around and not look over your shoulder and not be afraid that you're going to get pulled over because, you know, you're probably going to go to jail because you got a warrant or because something's going on, you know. And so there's a lot, man, there's a lot to it, man. It's it's just it's so complex. Um, But, you know, in my mind, it's like so simple, you know. Yeah. You know, one thing I've heard is that, uh, you know, us as officers, especially minority officers, uh, educating uh, the community of what to do when they get stopped by a police officer, you know, don't make any sudden moves, keep your hands on the steering wheel and all this type of stuff. Uh, but then I hear on the flip side is that why should it be the community's uh, responsibility to make sure that the cop isn't scared, that the cop mm-hmm. remains professional. The cops, you know, he's hired to be professional. He's hired to be able to sift through these things. What do you think about that? Yeah. You know, and, and that's a, uh, you know, that's, that's a good way to, to put it too. And, and, you know, what I say to that, and I actually literally just did like a police interactions class with, with some kids last week. 
And um, that was pretty much the question. Like, you know, why why aren't you guys just hiring better officers that aren't afraid of us? You know what I mean? It's like instead of yeah. saying we well, don't do this. And, you know, and, and that's a legitimate argument, you know. Um, however, like I said before, you don't know who you're going to get, you know, and we can't you can't sift through every single person that becomes a police officer um, to make sure that they're not a, that they're not going to have any type of fear towards anybody or because those, those are all based off of people's personal experiences and all this stuff. And you're never going to know until you put them in that situation and see what happens in that situation sometimes. And so because right, training so academy for, environments aren't aren't going to be you know, yeah, 100 percent. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it's control. It's a controlled environment. Even when you put the chaos in there, people know that they're training. So they know yep. they're not going to die in that situation. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, and so that that's a whole nother. We could spend six hours on that. You know what I mean? Um, however, we got to tell people this. Yeah, I, I tell people this all the time. I'm like, look, you know, and I think I made a video on it. And, you know, I basically was like, hey, just don't put your life in the hands of somebody else. Right. And so in order to not do that. And what I mean by that is, you know, officers. Even the best officers, even the most empathetic, even, you know, the most non-racist, whatever, like you just think of the best officer that you have, you know, um, they're still going to respond to behavior. They're still going to respond to resistance. You know, it's a response to something that happens or something that they see. And so I, sh- I was able to show the kids in this class, hey, OK, look, this is a video of somebody that is you're behind in the car and they're moving around. Before, you know, they're moving around in the car. What are they doing? You know what I'm saying? And some of the kids are like, oh, you don't know. They could be getting done. See, and you're not even an officer and you're already thinking that. Right. And so that's why I say when you when you get pulled over and when you get stopped, you know, don't put your hands in somebody else's life. So how do you do that? Just stay still. Put your hands on the steering wheel and just do what they ask you to do. There's nothing wrong. You're not going to lose your dignity by doing that. You know, it's like and, and and yes, it is it's hard to have to be able to tell people, Hey man, just comply or just, just listen and just do what they ask you to do. You know, don't give up your rights. You know, if somebody asks for consent and you're not doing anything wrong, you can say, no, that's okay. And that officer shouldn't, you know, shouldn't get upset. Sometimes they yeah. do, they bring the dogs mm-hmm. or whatever. They shouldn't get upset with that. That's your right. You know, everybody has those rights. We're supposed to protect those rights. And so, but you know, so when that's happening, especially in that traffic stop or, or that interaction, do what you're asked to do. Don't make any sudden movements. Keep your hands out of your pocket. Make sure that there is no excuse for that officer to have to use force on you. Now, as soon as you start making a, a, a re- or start making some type of movement or behavior or showing that you're about to do something, now that officer is going to have to respond. And that officer, even the best officer, wants to respond before you do, before you make your action, you know, because, you know, it was action beats reaction or, or was, right. I'm saying it wrong, but reaction or I'm saying it wrong, but you need to get what I'm saying. Um, and so well, action does beat for, reaction. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, action beats reaction. My bad. My mind's going crazy. I'm trying to think of <laughs> finish this hot out for you. Yeah. Um, but so that's why, you know, I show them like, hey, look, you know, if you just do everything you're supposed to do, do what you know, what you're taught, just be. And this is what I do when I get pulled over. I get pulled over quite a bit. Uh, you know, I just turn my lights on. Just be respectful. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Um, just get over the call. If something bad happened or if they did something wrong, or if I feel like I was violated in any way, I'll wait till they leave. I'll, you know, I know what department they work for. The stop should be recorded depending on where you are. Um, you know what I mean? And I can make a complaint later. Like you don't do it right there. And so, yes, you know, the community should not have to worry about being the ones that are professional and respectful and all this stuff. However, you don't know who you're going to get. 
And until we can get to that product that we know that 100 percent, which will never happen, that 100 percent of every officer is using empathy and being professional and being respectful every single time, no matter what the community, this is what you need to do to keep yourself safe so that you can go home. And so, yeah, it sucks that we have to do this, but this is what we're doing right now until we can make a better product. And I don't, you know, some people are like, well, why don't we just get rid of it all? Well, we can't just have chaos. You know what I'm saying? We can't just allow people until we can build a community that we know that chaos would be limited or it just wouldn't happen. And there's people aren't victimizing other people. You know, there's no crime or nothing like that until you can build a community that's like that. (laughs) Then you can start talking about getting rid of the police department. But that's what I'm committed to. I'm committed to trying to help build a community to where let's lessen crime. Let's build these kids up so that when they get older, they don't feel like they have to get into a life of crime to be able to provide for their family. They know how to do business. They know vocational things. They can figure stuff out on their own without doing illegal things that will get them in trouble and put them in this criminal justice system. That'll pretty much just spit them out and like leave them for dead. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now they have to fend for themselves forever, you know? And so that's what I'm committed to is building this next generation and these next few generations up to the point where maybe, maybe we can loosen up on some of the policing that we have in a lot of these neighborhoods because these people are out there searching for success in ways that they know will be, you know, won't victimize others or won't put them in jail. And so that's something that can be attained, I hope, you know, but that's what I'm optimistic about. And so that's why I do a lot of the things that I do, especially with the youth, try to build them up so that they understand that, Hey, there's a better way. Um, you just need to, you just need to be exposed to it. Yeah. Yeah. I know, uh, at least back in the day, a lot, a lot of these societal issues that police are dealing with, uh, you know, back in the day, the police didn't have to respond to a lot of these things, uh, because there were other departments that were, uh, actually out there handling these things and then they got defunded and then those mm-hmm. responsibilities fell on the police. And then there were other, you know, after school programs, right that kids were able to to go to and then those got uh, defunded. And now mm-hmm. what happens a lot of these kids after school when they're, when their parents are out there working and you know, these kids are out there running the street. So, you know, a lot of these things, you know, just over time just got uh, dwindled and dwindled down. And then now these, these things fall on the, on the purview of the police that, you know, mm-hmm. we weren't uh, uh, made and, and trained to, to deal with in the first place. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I, that's one of the biggest things is, you know, the resources, every every city, every place we go, every every city has some type of resources, right? right. Um, whether it be an after school program, whether it be mental health services and stuff like that. Um, and since a lot of these societal issues got put on the police, um, a lot of police officers kind of understand, uh, you know, most police officers understand what what needs to happen or what could happen to make things better. Right. Because we go out, we deal with people who are going through crisis, people who are having trouble with things. And we, you know, a lot of us talk to them. We find out what's going on and what they might need in their area, you know. And so I think that's a huge thing where, you know, I, I, uh, people think that I'm like, oh, man, you're just you're too friendly because you want to provide people with resources. I'm like, what? I'm just trying not to punt a situation down the road for the next officer to have to go deal with. So if I can deal with this situation and give them resources that I know of, you know, and tell them, hey, there's this that can help you out with this situation because me making an arrest at this moment isn't going to help the situation for the long term. It's going to stop the situation right now. But what happens in two days when you're back out and you're going to do the same thing? So, hey, how about we try to find these resources? And then when you're doing that, you're looking at these resources and you're seeing, hey, these resources need funding. These resources need people 
um, they need uh, awareness. People need to know that they're out there. And so, you know, that's something big that I do a lot is make sure people understand. And I try to boost up the resources in our city and let people know, hey, let's donate to them. This this program that they have can be so much better if they had these types of resources extra. So now they can actually put more kids in this or more people or more homeless or whatever through that program. So then they can pop them out being more successful instead of us putting them through the criminal justice system where we even in the criminal justice system, there's not a lot of great programs for them that pops them out, you know, into something else. Like there's a great program here called Jail to Jobs. Right. Um, okay. I, you know, I, I, was, I was taking a call. It was a bus stop. It was a, a couple. They're they arguing. And, um, I get there. It was a hot shot call. So I get there quick. Um, it was a young couple. It was a dude who was about 20 years old uh, with his girlfriend, uh, you know, talked to one of the witnesses and they just they thought that they were hitting each other, uh, but they weren't. There was somebody else sitting there. They're like, no, nah, they were just arguing heavy. You know, she threw the bag at the fence and blah, blah, blah. So I'm ended up I'm talking to him, you know, run him. And he lets me know, man, I just got out of jail. He's like, things are hard right now. I just don't I don't know what to do. So I'm like, well, shoot, I had just heard of this program called Jail to Jobs. Um, another officer in our department had been working with them a lot. Um, and she does a great job with them. And I was able to put this kid through the program. He went, he goes through the program. He does, um, he did, um, job, uh, he did this job course and all that stuff and ended up getting a job like, a couple months later. You know what I mean? And so it's like little things like that, where if I didn't know about that program, I would have taken that call, probably got their information, wrote the report, which I still did and been like, all right, man, you guys figure stuff out. You know what I'm saying? And, yep. and, and leave, you know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? Yeah. And, and then the next search. So, I mean, I haven't been able to, um, you know, go back and follow up with that dude, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, through that moment, he'll remember that, that, Hey, there's an officer at least hooked him up with his phone number and told him to yeah. call this person. And he did that. And, you know, not only did that help him, but now that belt trusted him. So now maybe he may go and he may find somebody that's like that and maybe get them through that program or say, Hey man, these officers out here trying to, trying to help out, maybe try to connect with them and see if they know any resources. Um, and so uh, like, like having that type of mindset and that type of thinking of how am I going to help my community be stronger, help people mm-hmm. get out of the situations that they're in instead of just like going, being like, Hey man, you got to separate and just leaving, uh, you know, which is not wrong. You know what I mean? But it's like, Hey, we can do a little bit better. We can put a better product out there and make sure everybody's kind of doing it. And if everybody was doing it, people would respect the department a lot more. People would respect each other a lot more um, and things would be just a better place. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Totally. 100, 100. So uh, what's the future hold for officer Jeremy Bohannon? What, what, what's the next step for you? Man. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to write a book. Uh, it's hard cause I'm, I've never been a good writer. I wasn't the best student. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, so, so pretty much like the stuff I talk about a lot, you know, community building, um, you know, and it's kind of uh, along the premises of uh, building generational trust. Right. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm writing about right now. And, and how do we build trust to the point where it's a generational thing um, where now, um, you know, black and brown communities aren't having to give their kids the talk, um, you know, because, you know, some police officers out there aren't giving them the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? And so yeah. um, and, and, and that's, you know, and I, I want to be able to help departments and help officers who are kind of in that mode of, hey, I want to be able to do community policing in my neighborhood. My chain of command won't let me. I don't know what I should be doing. What can I do or whatnot? You know, and so I get those types of questions a lot. And so through the questions that I get through helping other people kind of like talk their way through or figure their way out to 
being able to be more a part of their community. Um, you know, that's, that's when I thought of, Hey, man, why don't I just write a book, you know, and, and, uh, you know, start thinking about, you know, how I'm going to help other departments, how I'm going to help train people. Um, and what I did and really just use my experiences, um, you know, five or six years of really trying to find ways to, to connect the community together with the police department and use all those experiences. I mean, I have a boatload of stories and testimonials and, and, you know, um, great experiences uh, with people and, and different things that I've heard and seen. Um, that I feel like it would be good. Now it's time to really put it all together and, and kind of share it um, in a way that people would receive it to where now they're thinking about how they can make their own communities better. Um, and I hope it's something that spreads, you know, countrywide because, um, you know, it's needed everywhere. You know, every department, you know, there's no there's not a single department, even the best one, whoever is number one that has ultimate trust with their community. You know what right. I mean? Like there's not right. one. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and, and so we're always looking for best practices. We're looking for models. We're looking for who's doing it the right way. And I, you know, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong way. Um, I think everybody's doing it their own way. Um, and I think all that stuff just needs to come together. Like, it's almost like we need to build some type of coalition of, Hey, like this isn't not just the one way. Right. So like officer Bohannon's way is not the one way. There may be a hundred different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so officers should be able to be like, hey, man, I like this, what they're doing. I'm going to I'm going to try that in my city or I like this, what they're doing. I'm going to try that in my city. But it's like, just try something. Right. And evaluate yes. it. If it works for your community, keep it. If it doesn't try the next thing. You know what I mean? Like this stuff doesn't have to be perfect. You know what I mean? As long as you're not hurting people and killing people, you know, because of the program that you chose, <laughs> you know, yeah. then you should be fine. And so just choose something. And, and just try it, see if it works. If it doesn't do something else, but make sure it spreads. Um, yeah. and the biggest message is for, for executive staff, for command staff. Hey, allow your officers the ability to go out and do stuff. Like, you know, I was, I used to be afraid. Like, I, I ain't gonna lie, man. Like when I first started, I was afraid to get out of the car and, you know, I'd see kids running track on the track during PE and I would, you know, I'd be writing my report and I'm like, man, I, I want to go out there and, but I might get in trouble. You know, and so this was early on in my career and I was just like, damn, okay, I won't do it. I don't want to get in trouble, man. And so, you know, one day I was just like, man, man, forget it, man. I'm about to get out there. I start. that's when I started doing that. I started playing football with the kids and I was just like, you know, another officer showed up and then he started playing with us and, you know, it was cool. And I was still afraid to like tell my supervisor because I'm like, damn, I'm going to get in trouble. You know what I mean? And I was like, ah, I hope these people don't say nothing, you know? Uh, but then as time went on, I just kept doing it and doing it. And then, you know, supervisor started seeing it and all that. I was like, oh man, this is great. You know, go ahead do it, you know? Just as long as you're not like missing your calls or, you know, as long as you still <laughs> yeah. hear your radio or, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You're still taking mm-hmm. care of business because what are we doing most of the time? You know, if you're patrolling in your city, um, you're not, you know, sometimes you are called to call to call to call. And you're not able to do that. Um, right. But, you know, you can still be proactive. You can still do your stops. You can still go look for stuff. Um, you can still, you know, you still go to lunch. Sometimes you chill a little bit. You may have to call your wife or something or, you know, may do something else or you know, so it's like there's there's time in your day. And usually if you give a kid one minute to two minutes, sometimes that's all they need, you know, or go mm-hmm. stop and talk to somebody for one or two minutes. Man, that's better than nothing. You know, yep. and so and they look um, just empowering people. They look forward. They want you to stop. Yep. They want us. Yep. There's some people that will talk your off for hours, you know, um, <laughs> no but, they, but they want. Yeah, they want that to happen, you know. And so um, I, I but I can see where if you're a new officer, you just came on and you just got done with training or whatever. Um, you don't want to be seen as that type of person because that's not the culture. You know what I mean? And so that's why the culture needs to at least change or at least people need to be empowered to do that and to be more involved with their community because it'll help them down the road, man. Just imagine, you know, you're a homicide detective 
and everybody knows you and you yep. show up and, and people are willing to give you information or, you know, because they know that you're not going to, uh, you know, when you catch the dude, you're not going to you hurt him. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to give him a couple extra kicks in the rib. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're gonna be respectful, and, and, or, and or you're not gonna say they ain't the one who told me that uh, you did. Yeah, or yeah, <laughs> yeah. or you're not gonna snitch on yeah. a person who told yeah, you. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like because hey, man, it's not like you only know one person. You know the whole community, so yep. eh, they'll they'll have yep. no idea. Uh, right. And if you right. can have a better if you can have a better bond with your community than the the gangsters and the drug dealers in your community, uh, then you're doing some things. You know what I mean? Because because yeah. people will know that you care about them and their success and their being able to live a life that they want to live, you know, and whatever they view success as being, that's what they get to do in their communities. And if you're being a part of that and they see you as somebody that's trying to protect that, man, I don't care who you are, dude, you could be, you know, you could be, uh, you know, the most conservative, you know, cop in the world that, you know, just came off the farm. Uh, you will be respected and trusted mm-hmm. in any community, no matter what. It doesn't matter who, what you look like, what you sound like, where you're from. You will be respected if you just show the people that you care enough to just stop and talk and hang out or do something. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, instead of the only time you going and interacting with these people is when it's a bad situation for them. Yeah. That's the, you know, we can't have that. We have to create positive encounters as much as possible um, because then those positive encounters will outweigh those negative ones. Yep. Yeah. Got to get away from that hook them and book them. Uh, culture and mentality and, and get out the car and, and, and be that change. Yeah. Got to. Oh, yeah. Got to. Yeah. All right, brother. I appreciate you coming on. And, and this is real good. Real good talk. Real good conversation. Uh, r- real quick. What, what's the bow flex I see there on your shirt? Oh, man. You know, this is my little brother's uh, my little brother's uh, fitness company, man. Uh, so it's Team Bowflex. You know, he, he buy, he's a power lifter and uh, not power lifter, but a po- uh, bodybuilder. Um, so he uh-huh. trains a lot of, you know, in our area. So, um, he's doing a good job, man. He's, uh, so yeah, I, you know, I always support, you know, my little brother, man, you know, we grew up together. Up. So we, we support each other and, um, you know, so everybody so out there, go check, out, team, yeah, go, go check out go team, go check out team Flex, man. Uh, you know, he's is, my is younger he on, brother, but yeah, he's, he's, on on IG he's, on, he's on Instagram. Um, you know, you can just look for a team blow, Flex or Justin Bowflex, Bohannon. Um, yeah, he's in there, man. He's my little, he's my little shorter brother, but he's bigger than me now. You know, he's got a lot more muscle. Um, you know, he took my gym membership, man. That's, you know, that's how we got uh, started, man. He, t- he took my gym membership. I, he didn't take it. I gave it to him cause I didn't have time to go. I had just had my first kid. And, uh, so he moved, when he moved from Arizona, he got out of the military, moved here. He's having a lot of PTSD, a lot of uh, problems. So he also has a nonprofit called make a vet sweat. Uh, where he, he puts people through uh, group training uh, into different gyms and stuff just as a way to get over PTSD. So he used nice. fitness, you know, to help people get get through their depression and all that stuff. And so he was going through it himself. And, uh, man, he used my 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 card. I just let him use my card to go to the gym. I hope the gym don't get, get mad at me for, you know, <laughs> passing on my membership. Uh, but man, the, and then the statute—the you know, he, he statute is off, elapsed man. on that. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm good. Yeah, it's, it's been a while, man. It's been about ten years. But man, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, he just took off, man, and I can't even—I can't even hang with him in the gym like that no more, man. It's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's wow. crazy. So it's fun to watch, and uh, you know, I'm just proud that you know he's been able to to take on something and and really be a force, even in our community, man. He's, um, you know, people know him more than they know me in our community, you know. So I think nice. that's pretty cool, man. That's you know, my little brother is making some some waves in the fitness industry. So what, he he followed you down to Texas, or 
Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, so he got out of the military, served three tours um, in Iraq, three? Uh, one in Afghanistan, wow. two in Iraq. Yeah, and, uh, you know, infantry. Thank you, little, little, thank you, little Bo, for that. Yeah, for yeah, thanks, little Bo, man. Yeah, so, you know, uh, so he spent 11 years in the military. Um, and then, uh, you know, when he got out, you know, he he uh, he just, he's like, man, I need to do something, man. So he just moved down here, you know, and so um, pretty early on, he decided, hey, I'm about to, I need to do something for, you know, my vets. Like, people are dying, suicide. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. You know, uh, one of his one of his best buddies had just committed suicide. And he's like, I got to figure something out. And so we were sitting at our dinner table one day and he's like, man, I have this idea. He's like, what do you think about it? You know, I'm like, dude, that's that's dope, man. Make a vet sweat like that. He's yeah, like, yeah, I just got to go to the VA and make sure it's OK. I can use the name and all that. And so he did all that, man, started a nonprofit. Um, and he's been putting people through gyms and, uh, you know, doing galas and, you know, all these events. Um, and it's real successful. You know, there's you know, you can't fitness man that's that'll help you with your wellness all day long and so um you know that mental wellness so uh so i go work out with them every once in a while i just can't hang with them just can't hang like you used you to know, huh? yeah not like a, you know, i'm getting old man you know nah you, I, yeah, I did you, all that early on in my career man all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right man so before i let you get out of here uh you know how i do i like to play a game with my guests and your guests your game today black or blue black or blue Black or blue, black or blue, black or blue, black or blue. Come on. Uh, your game today is called Win One for the Gipper. Win One for oh, the Gipper. So since you were, yeah, since you were a big college football star, I'm going to give you a, uh, a college. You just tell me, is one of their major colors black or is one of their major colors blue? Black or blue. Real simple. So right. here's your first one. Major yeah, color. We'll get you. Let's go. Yeah, we'll get you Let's through. Go. Here we go. Check this out. Here's your first one. School first one. Your first one is hold up. Duke University. The blue. That is of course. That is blue. Of yes. Course. Yes. Hold up. That first one yeah, is yeah. Duke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, here's your second one. Your second one is the University of Arkansas Razorbacks. Black or blue? And they they red or they crimson, but if any other colors in there, black is in there. So they ain't got no blue. black. Yes, they are black and crimson. Your next you school is the Appalachian State University Mountaineers. That's black, baby. Black and yellow, black and yellow. Is black and yellow, black and yellow. That is correct. Your next school is the Penn State University Nittany Lions. Oh, man, they they blue, baby, that blue and white. Oh, yes, they are blue. <laughs> hey, so you, you breezing through this one now. How about the... Yeah, man, you made it easy on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about the Vanderbilt? Vanderbilt University oh, Commodores. Oh, that, that, that's, that's black, man. My mama wanted me to go there, black and yellow. Oh, okay. Black and gold, man. I, you yeah. know, that's Tennessee, man. Uh, I, I could have gone there. But, uh, nah, it's too far away from home. Uh, too, too far away from home. All right. <laughs> How about your next one? How about uh, this one? Might, this might throw you for a loop. How about Columbia my- University? Ooh, Columbia. Columbia, Columbia. Columbia. They, they, I think, I want to say they're red, so I'll go black. I don't think they're blue. Uh, you did get or that one thinking, wrong. I'm thinking of Cornell. What am I thinking of? Uh, yeah, Columbia, see, they are blue. Really, I'm thinking yes. of, okay, who am I thinking of? Well, I'm thinking of Cornell. Yeah, probably. Man. I think Cornell's brown so or something Ivy, like man. that. Yeah. Oh, no, brown so, you know, is I don't brown. Think, I don't, yeah, you're right. So I don't yeah. think about Columbia because that's, that's Ivy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's and, all I was saying. That was out of my league. That was out of my league. That was out of my league. They really have football. 
Do they really have football? I think actually, I think they do though. I they think do, they, do. They, do. they do. I think they do. They do. They do. They do. But it's just too Here's smart next for me, one, uh, so that's why I lost that one. University of Kansas. From Jayhawks, uh, blue. They are blue. Indeed. And uh, here's your next one. Now. How about the University of Tulsa Golden Hurricane? Ooh, them hurricanes are blue. They are blue. Yeah. Getting you breezing you through this. How about this one? How about the San Diego State University Aztecs? That's the black and red. You better know that one. I better. Yeah. We got you through that one. You got more right than you got wrong, so we're going to call you All I do is the winner. Win. Yes. You know, not everybody's perfect, baby. Everybody hands go up. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> we got you through man. that. Yeah, yeah. You yeah only got I'm one not wrong. mad I missed that Columbia, man. I knew that. I knew that. Hey, did you know that? I said it afterward. Yeah. I said it afterward. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, bro. Well, man, I appreciate you for uh, for coming on and 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 sharing some stories with us and and your insight and all that. It was, it was real good stuff. I appreciate you. Tell everybody again how they can reach you on uh, on your IG and Facebook or whatever else you got. Yeah, so IG Officer Bohannon. Um, same thing with Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Officer Bohannon on TikTok. Um, Wait a minute. You know, so you doing TikTok too? Yeah, you know I, I you doing I, the dances. I really... What are you doing? I ain't gonna lie, man. I was really heavy on, on TikTok, man. I'm at about twenty eight thousand followers right now, so I'm you know nice. my TikTok my TikTok game is kind of weak right now. You know, it's hard to TikTok. You got to kind of prepare, make good videos and content yeah. and stuff. So you know, you can't just post something. You know, like TikTok, you got to be ready. But my wife, she's like really good on there, and so she she gives me ideas. Um, and I I be sleeping on it though, so I, I need yeah. to get back on it. But I, I sleep on TikTok. I just like to scroll through, man. There's just so much good stuff on that. On that yeah, on that yeah, yeah. I gotta I gotta get on my TikTok. I got an account. I just I haven't done anything on it yet. So yeah, trying to trying yeah. to figure out how to how to incorporate my you know my 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 style of stuff on the TikTok. Yeah, man, you can do it, man. Just clips, man. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, I see a lot of you just look at a lot of podcasters, man. They be on there. Um, okay. Some people just get big off of some of the stuff. They're just just talking, you know what I'm saying? And so you ain't got to dance. I think that's a big thing. Like, listen, Gary Vee, you know, even last year, he's like, man, you don't got to dance on there. You know, just, you know, just look at what other people are doing and just copy that and put your content over it or on it. And, uh, you know, sometimes use the sounds, use your own sounds and, and people will find you, man. And, and you'll get a lot, you know, you because, you know, TikTok's crazy, man. Like you throw something yeah. up and, you, you know, you get, you know, you get a thousand thousand views like pretty quick, you yeah. know, and. And you'd be trying to get that on Instagram, like shoot, hey, you know, you don't see that anywhere else. No. So, you know, yeah, the, Instagram the reach be filtering your stuff and all now. that. Yeah, Instagram oh, be man, filtering your yeah. stuff and depending oh, yeah. on oh, yeah. algorithms and what all the, that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, brother, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, you be safe out there. How, how's COVID shaping out in Austin right now? Uh, man, you know, it's it's not it's not as bad. I would I would I, I think I think the vaccine is kind of rolling out. So I got my second shot already. So yeah, I got mine um, on Thursday. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, I think more people started doing that. I think my arms uh, started are right back now. down. Is it? Yeah. Was that your second one? Yeah, my second one. The second one? Oh, what'd you get? The the Pfizer or Moderna? Moderna. Yeah, that's what I got too. So, that second one, I was actually, I was painting my house the same time I got the second one. And so, and I'm sitting there painting and painting and painting. I literally painted for like 12 hours straight. Um, and I was good. I don't think I was tired because I had been working so hard, but yeah. like my shoulder didn't hurt at all, which was weird because that first time it's like four days, you know? Yeah, the first <laughs> I, one, I, didn't think the I, first get one I was like, 
Yeah, like I Clayton Kershaw threw a back. fastball in my arm <laughs> yeah. or something, and then yeah, this like, one's just hey, like a little sore, back. just a little sore, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, so I, I was immediately really, started working, so yeah, I was really that tired. I was really yeah. tired for like that's yeah. that's what it was. I was beat, but other the yeah. first one that had me in the shakes and all that. So yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm glad see, I, I got I got my first one uh, on the 31st. So it was like the day of uh, New Year's, and I remember I'm just out there, just like, oh man, my shoulder is just not like in three days. And I just thought I wasn't gonna get my shoulder back. I'll tell my wife, I'm kind of <laughs> nervous, babe. Like I don't know if my shoulder's ever gonna be the same. Like, <laughs> yeah, they go chop my arm but off. Yeah, yeah, for real, right. man. But, well, but good, that's good, good. Man. You, all right, be safe out there in Austin. I appreciate you, hey, you and too, uh, man. We, we'll talk soon, man. Oh, uh, definitely, man. Y'all have a have a blessed Valentine's Day with the wifey, brother. Will do. You too, brother. All right, man. Take care. All right. All right, y'all. That's it for this episode of the Black and Blue Podcast. I want to thank my guests on this episode, the incomparable Officer Jeremy Bohannon of the Austin, Texas Police Department for joining me here today. Man, this is a real fun episode, and I appreciate you spending your time with me. And if you guys out there appreciated your time with Officer Bohannon as well, please make sure you like and subscribe to the show on the Black and Blue Podcast YouTube channel or wherever you listen to your podcast. I'll be back in two weeks with another red-hot interview. Same black time, same black channel. But till then, y'all know the phrase, stay black in blue. I'm out. Peace. Thank you.